Hey y'all and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hello everybody. So today is going to be interesting because respectfully I'm going to somewhat wing it because of how overwhelmed I've been, not necessarily by like life or anything, but like the amount of news that's just rolling in lately. Have you been seeing like I know you have TikTok, so I know you see like there's all kinds of crazy shit in the mm-hmm. news that the news other than like for local people. So I just kind of wanted to touch on uh, some of these cases that are so bizarre and shocking and the details will come to light as we will see, but um, not as in depth uh, about like victims or anything like that today because I'm trying to hit as many of these cases as I can. Beginning with the craziest one. Uh, Did you hear about the graves that were found behind the Mississippi jail? Oh, my God. I did. I didn't, um, like, look it up or anything, but, like, I heard that – I just heard someone say, Mm. uh, why is no one talking about it? I mean, yeah, because why – like, I don't understand, like, what is going on in the world where this is not, like, the biggest news ever. Um. Uh, and I know I've I've missed other big news too, but this this one just really stood out to me um, because it's just so bizarre. It it started out with this family being suspicious. I think I think which I don't have all the details yet, so we're gonna kind of go through this together. And if you have questions, we can find it or whatever. But mm-hmm. a man named Dexter Wade, who was killed by police cruiser and buried without his family's knowledge, has been laid to rest. So. This story is from November 20th of last year, and that was before all of this like came to light. Um, but on CNN.com, it says, more than eight months after 37-year-old Dexter Wade was fatally struck by a Mississippi officer in a police cruiser, his family members shared their final goodbyes as he was laid to rest Monday. The Jackson Police Department said Wade died after being struck by an officer on March 5th, and investigators were not able to contact his family. His mother reported him missing on March 14th, a little more than a week after the crash, but did not receive word he had been killed and buried until August 24th. So even just that is like they were really trying to avoid their mistake or whatever, like paperwork or whatever they were going to need to have to do because they fucked up. Yeah. And this family is looking for this guy and he's he's gone. Like that is just so it's disgusting. So civil rights attorney Ben Crump said Wade was buried in a pauper's field. His body was exhumed earlier this month at his service Monday. Wade's mother, Betterston Wade talked about her journey trying to find her son. I begged Dexter to come home. She said, Dexter, you made it home. Holding the hands of his two daughters, Wade's mother thanked those who have supported her and urged, just keep fighting with me because it's not over yet. We're just letting Dexter go home and walk around in heaven, she said. And now, Dexter, you are home. She was joined by Crump and the Reverend Al Sharpton, both of whom stood by her as she spoke just steps from her son's casket. And I think Al Sharpton, wasn't he that reverend? He was uh, helping out with Kendrick Johnson's case as well, I feel like. I, I'm sure there were several that he... We did feeling. mention him in um, another episode, too. Yeah, he's very active um, in the community. So the service included images of tender moments from Wade's life, him smiling as a baby, a childhood picture with a school diploma, hugs with family members, milestone events with his daughters and poses with loved ones next to a Christmas tree. 
Here in Mississippi, they had to exhume Emmett Till to get some justice, and then they had to exhume Major Evers here in Mississippi to get some justice. And so I'm not surprised in 2023, we had to exhume Dexter Wade to get some justice, Crump said during the service. I knew to get justice, we had to fight not only in the court of law, but also in the court of public opinion, he said. His speech was followed by fiery eulogy delivered by Sharpton, who also homed in on the injustices the state has seen, a a theme other speakers also highlighted during the service. What happened to Dexter is a disgrace, a national outrage, and should be treated as such. He said later, adding, how do you explain how a young man ends up buried? The autopsy said that he had state ID in his front pocket, had a driver's license, yet you couldn't find his mother, you couldn't find a loved one. Police have said they were unable to identify Wade at the time of his death, and he was identified days later by the coroner's office through medication found in his pocket. The city of Jackson has called the killing an unfortunate accident, but said an investigation found no malicious intent by any Jackson police staff. At the service, Sharpton called for justice, telling the gathered crowd, I'll be here until we see the prosecution of everybody involved in the death of Dexter Wade. His life mattered to his mama, to his daughters, and we're going to make it matter all over this country. Oh, so just seeing that like one person was, I, I hate to get like this cause it's just, it's controversial, but it shouldn't be. But like people treat dogs better than they treat people in this country. And especially if you're a black person, like I hate to say that, but we see it time and time again, they just literally hit this man and buried him like no big deal. I, like, That's yeah, taken care that of. Shit is just, I can't wrap my head around something like that because then we have people all worried about oh there's a dog chained in the front yard and they're not taking good care of that dog but we're over here this is how they're treating people of the black community like i don't get it so then i'm gonna head over to fox 26 houston.com 215 bodies found in jackson mississippi exposed and this was um published january 8th of this year 2024 Jackson, an alarming situation has unfolded in Jackson, Mississippi, where 215 bodies were discovered buried in unmarked graves behind a state jail. Families of the deceased were left in the dark until last month. Some grave grave sites were only identified by a number and a metal rod, raising concerns about the lack of transparency and respect in handling the deceased. The families of the deceased attorneys are calling for a thorough investigation into the circumstances surrounding these unmarked graves. The revelation began with Dexter Wade's death in March of 2023, in which a police officer fatally hit him. Shockingly, his family was not informed of his death, and he was buried without their knowledge. Activist Arthur Silky Slim Reed, working alongside attorney Ben Crump, sheds light on the distressing details. Wade's case took a disturbing turn when it was revealed that he had identification on him. This identification was given to the lead detective by the medical examiner. However, the detective claimed to have called without receiving an answer and took no further action. Reed says the situation in Mississippi is deeply troubling with six additional bodies now discovered in similar unmarked graves. Reed describes the grim scene at the burial site where buzzards flew overhead. The bodies were placed in in shadowed graves without embalming, leading to a disturbing stench that attracted scavengers. He emphasizes the inhumanity of such treatment and calls for a more dignified handling of the deceased. 
The families affected were not notified and many still believe their loved ones were missing. Reed emphasizes that this issue extends beyond race as both white and black individuals are buried in the same manner. The lack of identification and the practice of, assi of assigning only numbers to the graves further com compound the anguish of the families involved. Despite the alarming nature of these revelations, a humane resolution is needed. Reed Crump and attorney Dennis Week advocate for a federal investigation to uncover the truth behind these unmarked graves. They also advocate for the potential violation of civil rights in cases like Dexter Wade's. In Dexter Wade's case, numerous civil rights were violated. These included failing to notify the family and burying him without permission despite knowing his identity. Reed expresses deep concern about the actions taken by the authorities considering an ongoing lawsuit involving the police. The families affected are demanding justice and transparency. And I just, it's going to be astounding what reasons they come up with because how the fuck are yeah. you going to explain like laziness like really is that really what it, it comes down to i don't understand yeah. like lack of respect it's just so disgusting to find out that that kind of stuff happens here you know i just um so then we have another article that came out january 10th by andrea diaz on scripts news and it says a disturbing situation is gradually unfolding in jackson mississippi families say their loved ones were buried without their knowledge and they are now required to pay to get control of the remains. Um, Daniela, could you imagine having to pay money to get your loved one back? Absolutely not. But I, I thought you had to do that if they were at the morgue. I could have sworn there was already... Coroner's situation? I thought there was. But either way, I don't think that you should have to do that. And in this case... Yeah, like, what the I, yeah, fuck is wrong I mean, with you? It's disrespectful, the whole yeah. thing. Like, um, So it says, near the Hines County penal farm in a place called the pauper's field there are about 672 graves there are no headstones they are only marked by numbers authorities typically bury unclaimed or unidentified bodies in pauper cemeteries and in this case there's a record with 14 pages that note details like age race gender birth death dates and where they were before being buried this log goes back to at least 2008 according to the Hines county coroner data but among those 672 bodies there is a list of 215 burials spanning from 2016 to 2023 for which the families of the deceased say they were never notified information that came to light after an investigation by nbc news now civil rights attorney ben crump is advocating for justice on behalf of the relatives and friends of the individuals buried in the pauper cemetery he is representing six family members and more pending who say they were never informed of their relatives' deaths. Obviously, we're seeing a pattern in practice, negligence, and worse, unconstitutional and criminal activities, Crump told Scripps News. It's just horrific that they put them in the ground in a bag in the first place. But it's even worse when people are trying to ask you to assist and you won't assist them in locating their loved one, even though they're in the back of your jail. Last month, families of three men buried near the detention center without their knowledge came forward and hired Crump, determined to find answers for those responsible. Gretchen Hankins only found out about her son's death and burial a year and seven months after she reported him missing. Her son, 39-year-old Jonathan David Hankins, was reported missing to the Rankin County Sheriff's Office in July 2022. The department even posted 
pictures of him on Facebook. Crump, who is now the family's attorney, says David was buried in the pauper's grave in 2022, but the family only learned about that in 2023. They said they were looking, but they weren't looking too hard, Gretchen Hankins told CNN. I want them to lose their jobs because they didn't do their job. Mm. In 2023, Betterson Wade spent seven months searching for her son, Dexter Wade, before discovering he had been killed and buried. Dexter, 37, went missing on March 5th, and despite Betterson reporting him missing, Jackson police failed to inform her that he had been fatally struck by a police car less than an hour after leaving home. The police, aware of Dexter's identity, neglected to contact Betterson, leaving his body unclaimed for months. Betterson found his body in grave number 672. It's very suspicious why they didn't notify her. She was calling them on a regular basis. All she wanted was for them to file a simple alert for a missing person, and they wouldn't. All that time she spent looking for him, and they couldn't just notify her. Why? Trump said. I, right. So they didn't have to answer to to everything they did, I guess. It's so annoying. Like, these people are looking for them. Like, it's not like they're just, who cares? Like, whatever. But, like, even if that were the case, too, like, find out who... He belongs to, he belongs to somebody that's somebody's family. Exactly. Like that is just, that just, oh, it is fucking Mm -hmm. scary. Where's the humanity? Like police are supposed to be the good guys and, and they prove time and time again, they are not. Mm -hmm. How are we supposed to support, support them? These are, they get paid by tax money, don't they? Uh, Like what is going on here? I think so. I don't know. Some kind, they're getting paid money to not do anything good, apparently, um, or useful. Mm-hmm. Um, the third family that has publicly come forward is that of 40-year-old Mario Moore. Moore was found dead, wrapped in a tarp on February 2nd, 2023. Mm-hmm. His death was ruled a homicide due to blunt force to the head. He was later buried on July 14th. However, Moore's family wasn't notified by the police or the coroner's office. They learned about his death in October when his name appeared on a list of undisclosed homicide victims published by WLBT. The message is very simple. We have to be able to exhume and identify all of these individuals because they had a mother and a father, a son or a daughter, or a relative who loved them and needs to know where their loved one is still missing or if their loved one is one of these 215 dead people behind the Hines County Jail, Mm -hmm. Crump said. Now, the challenge for these families is that as the state is handling the burials, the bodies are deemed state property. So this is where that comes in. To retrieve the bodies, some families are required to pay fees ranging from $250 to $750, covering the cost of both the death certificate and the body. Mm -hmm. So simply because of where they were buried, which is, you know, county jail property, that's why, which these people never agreed or knew that that was going to be the case. Why can't they they just waive that for them at least? Like, what the fuck? Unless this was the plan from the beginning, like, oh, let's put everybody here so we can make a bunch of money. Like, I don't well, see how that would be the why, to go to idea, but why wouldn't they tell them why would they make them wait so long if that was the plan? You know what I mean? Right. Um, they just don't care. They just did not care. And if they were criminals, even more so. Yeah. Like, okay. Which is, they're human beings. Like like they said, if not for the person who passed, like for their mom, for their kids, like I can't. Um, Scripps News made several attempts to contact county and city officials for more information, but was unsuccessful in reaching them. So they are, I don't know how they're going to save themselves with this whole situation because there's so many people buried mm-hmm. um, 
And to to be someone's family member that's looking for you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just can't get over that. Yeah. Like they are looking for them. And they and can't the have any peace. Fucking of time they had been back mm-hmm. there. Like it's mm-hmm. right. I'm saying, and I don't know. I just so that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about today and kind of look into the news and see what they're even reporting on or what answers they even have, which apparently still none. Um, and it's been like a couple of weeks, I think two weeks since this all came to light, but um, we'll have to just wait and see, but there has to be justice for this. This is not right. Yeah. I don't know. I can't see how they would have thought that this was going to be fine. Like, Oh, they're never going to notice. Yeah. No, like, what the fuck? Oh my goodness. So I can't. Um, so that was the first case, uh, that was very jarring. Um, and then at the end of not to just like move this along, but in December at the very end, December 29th, a missing teenager was found under a trap door in a man's bedroom after being lured from Kentucky. You hear about this? No, I have not. This one kind of went under the radar a little bit till today. I I was swiping and I was like, what the heck is this Mm. about? So this is um, stlouistoday.com, Stanford, Kentucky. Police in Kentucky found a missing 16-year-old North Carolina girl under a trap door in the bedroom of a 34-year-old man after the man's mother called authorities to report a domestic dispute between the two, according to arrest reports. You said she's a teenage girl? She is 16. Okay. She is 34, and his mom wasn't like, how old is this little girl? Mm-hmm. Like... I swear people mind their business too much. Um, and, in, and they share a home anyways. Okay. When deputies with the Lincoln County Sheriff's office arrived at the home on Christmas day, Zachary Jones told them the girl had fled, but his mother disputed that. And deputies began searching to check on her safety. The report said she was found inside a bedroom in a cutout door in the floor covered by a rug. Hmm. Deputies later determined that she had been reported missing from Fayetteville, North Carolina on December 6th. So they didn't find her until the 29th. Mm-hmm. The girl told deputies that Jones picked her up after making contact a few weeks earlier and that he originally told her he was 19. Oh my God. Oh my God. Which she's still 16, but you know, yeah. anyways, she's a child. You know how children think they're yeah. trying to escape a situation, whatever. So She meets this guy online, whatever, starts chatting it up. When they met and she questioned why he looked older, he told her he was 25, but she found out after getting to his home and meeting his family that he was 34. She said he threatened her and told her to tell people that she was 18. Oh, no wonder grandma Uh, and mom, whoever whoever was in there mm -hmm. thought she was 18. Which 18 and 34 still, I'd be like, uh, son, we need to come over here and have a conversation. Yeah, I'd be like, absolutely not. Legal in the eyes of the law doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I'd be like, she's way so she, too fucking young still. Golly, yeah. Um, so she told officers that he had a gun and he had threatened to kill her several times and that on the day they were found, they had used drugs and he had choked and assaulted her, the arrest report said. Jones was originally taken into custody because he tried to destroy drug paraphernalia that deputies found in the home while searching for the girl, reports mm. in. Jones admitted using drugs with her and having an altercation, but he denied choking her. Marks were visible on her throat. Jones and the girl both said they had sex on multiple occasions, and Jones admitted to luring her by using an electronic device and taking her from 
her grandmother's home in North Carolina. Oh my goodness. He was charged with multiple crimes, including third-degree rape, unlawful imprisonment, assault, strangulation, possession of a controlled substance, and unlawful transaction with a minor. It wasn't clear whether Jones has an attorney, but he told WKYT-TV from jail that the girl appeared older and he was trying to help her when he drove to North Carolina to pick her up. Stop. Her grandma kicked her out. She didn't appear to be that age. She had all kinds of piercings. Um, what is I this he's not he's not even a person to me now. Mm. Um so he also said he didn't hide her when the police began searching his home. She hid on her own free will. She was actually in bed when police officers first came in here, Jones said. The girl's grandfather, no. Eugene Bauman, told the station that she ran away from her grandmother's home and they reported her missing after losing communication with her. And that's that's the right thing to do because some people would be spiteful and, you know, okay, fine. See how you make it on your yeah. own, little 16-year-old girl. Yeah. Uh-uh. When she packs her little bags, you report her missing because look what happens. Exactly. It's just awful. So Bauman said he doesn't think Jones was trying to help the teen. I don't think he was rescuing anyone. I think he was trying to find another person to victimize, Bauman said. Jones' mother told WRAL-TV in North Carolina that she thought the girl was an adult. I asked him how old she was. He said she's 19, so I took that as the truth, Rona Jones told the station. I believed him because a lot of girls looked older than they are. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. No, hey, let's, no. Let's not say that. Um she also said the girl didn't appear to be held against her will. Jeez Louise. Was she got to have duct tape on her wrist for them to think yeah. something's going mm-hmm. on? Like, the, the whole thing of like trying to be calm in that situation and being like, maybe this is not going to be so bad. I'm running away from home anyway. And just going with the motions, that is still like she's being held. Like he's telling her he's going to kill her. What do you Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That's not okay. So she's going to be scared. She's not going to go to his mom right away and be like, look, your son is crazy. And also it's his family. So yeah, maybe she thought. She- and she's 16. And they are so willing to just believe, oh yeah, she's 18, 19. And here she comes to live over here with us. Like what is going on in these people's minds? Yeah. If they must, they must trust their son a whole lot. But even then a couple of questions would do right. Like, mm. Yeah. To me, she willingly came with him, Rhonda Jones said. I just feel like they'd probably been talking. I don't know how long he'd been texting her. From what the cop said, she was unhappy where she was at, and she felt like she was cared for and came with him. Mm. And that's that on that, um, on this particular website. But, um, yeah, so, and I'll be posting pictures of these people because what the heck, um, Whacked out. I just don't get it. She's 16. She's not going to know what's right right away. And I believe the police said in one report, and don't quote me on it, but I think she she was still under the influence of drugs when they found her. So that's probably why she was in bed in that thing. Because if she knew there was cops out there, she'd probably be banging on the door like, hello, help me. Um, So I'm wondering if he drugged her knowing that she was too far gone to be like just to keep her her like sedated basically right or he told her you're high you're gonna get in trouble so stay quiet tell her anything golly that's just so scary and sad um but thank goodness they found her and they didn't just take their word for it and leave because she was under a damn rug like under the freaking floor so if she wasn't pounding on that floor they would have just walked right out if they hadn't Mm -hmm. been looking good enough um 
So that's one that's one case where I guess the cops did okay because they thoroughly checked the whole house. Yeah. Um, if they would have left without her, who knows what would have happened to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's safe now. So that's that one. <clears throat> and then uh, this is a crazy story too. Nikki Ademando was just released. Who's that? I'm going to read from Times Times Union. I think it'll ring a bell once I get it going. Okay. Timesunion.com. Mm-hmm. Nikki Ademando released from prison after sentence is reduced. So this is from January 5th. 2024, Bedford, Nicole Ademando, a Poughkeepsie woman convicted of killing her partner in what she claimed was an act of self-defense, was released from prison under parole supervision on Thursday. The news was heralded in a social media post on Friday from a group of her supporters that showed Ademando, 35, hugging her two children outside Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women. This is a dream come true for all of us, and we thank you so much for your support, the group wrote in the post. This is not just a celebration for Nikki, but for all criminalized survivors everywhere. Adamando's release was expected at some point in 2024 after her initial 19-year-to-life sentence for killing the father of her children, Christopher Grover, uh, was reduced to seven and a half years by the state Supreme Court, second department, appellate division in 2021. Adamando had been behind bars since killing Grover in September of 2017, and her reduced sentence included time served. She also received a six-month limited time credit allowance for having a spotless prison record and completing a Puppies Behind Bars program in which she trained service dogs, according to her lawyer, Gerard Beanie. Mm. The case of Nicole Adamando was has attracted national attention. It's been the subject of a 2020 special that aired last February, a popular podcast series, Believe Her, and a documentary, And So I Stayed, that highlights the plight of domestic abuse survivors. On September 28, 2017, a shaken Edimondo told town of Poughkeepsie police during a traffic stop that she had just shot Grover. Edimondo, a former preschool teacher, was brought to the police station while officers searched her home and found Grover, 29, dead on the couch. In conversations with police and later in court, Anamando described a life of physical and sexual abuse at the hands of Grover, a popular local gymnastics coach coach, whom she'd met in 2008. They moved in together four years later and had two children, ages two and four, at the time of the murder. But Grover had been charged with domestic abuse and his family disputes Edimando's claims, saying she killed him in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Nearly years after Grover was slain, Edimando was convicted of second-degree murder and criminal possession of a weapon. In February of 2020, she was sentenced to 19 years to life in prison to be served at Bedford Hills Correctional Facility. The following year, in July, on July 14th, the State Supreme Court, 2nd Department Appellate Division, upheld Edimando's, Edimando's conviction but reduced her sentence under the State Domestic Violence Survivors Justice Act to seven and a half years, including time served. So um, this guy that she was living with, he was torturing her and Mm -hmm. abusing her sexually, and I believe he was recording it for, like, porn sites, I want to say. Um, Or if he he just had the videos or something, but I want to... Let me look it up because... I think that's how she was able to um, get a shorter sentence because she had proof, mm-hmm. which is sad. it's sad that you have to have proof. But I mean, she killed the guy. So it's like, that's a tough, like, what do you think about that when a survivor can't take it anymore and they don't feel like they're going to get help? And so they just, they kill them. They just are, are brought to their, just, the end of their room. Yeah, they're at the end already. Like, there's no other way out they can see. 
Mm-hmm. It just, they don't even think they're just like this. I have, he has to die. Like, this is not. There's no other way out. Also, you never leave be- me alone. Especially with how sometimes they get a slap on the wrist for like not having a criminal record and they're yes, like, oh, he just, you know, exactly. some people just treat like nothing that he put his hands on her a few times, you know, she'll get over it. Like, wow, no, this is, this is traumatizing and it broke her spirit. Exactly. So you can see, I remember seeing pictures when this wasn't like the trial was happening and she just looks so broken and defeated. And it's like, she did not want to have to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, is nobody getting that? Yeah. Um, that's the father of her children. And to think that that's how far she's willing to go. Um, it's just, so let me pull up ABC news because she spoke out from prison to share her story. It was kill or be killed. Nicole told ABC news about the night she shot and killed her boyfriend, Christopher Grover. Uh, Adamambo, Adamondo is currently incarcerated at Bedford Hills Correctional Facility, convicted of a crime she says she felt she had to commit in order to save her own life. On June 30th, 2018, she was indicted on the charge of second-degree murder, first- and second-degree manslaughter, and second-degree criminal possession of a weapon. After a three-week trial in March of 2019, the jury returned a guilty verdict on second-degree murder and the weapons charge, and Nikki was later sentenced to 19 years to life. And she only served how many? Oh, shit. Seven and a half years total. So about half that, I guess. No, a little bit less than half. Um, So she's in this article, she's currently set to be released from prison in 2024. And she was at the beginning of this month. She never denied shooting Grover, but has maintained that the killing was in self-defense after years of physical and sexual abuse. She says she suffered. She told ABC News that she hopes her story can bring attention to the stories of other criminalized survivors who may not have had the benefit or resources um, that she did um, with a broad base of support. I think there's a misunderstanding about victim and perpetrator. I think it's hard to understand that someone who can, someone can be both. Uh, Nikki's exclusive television sit-down interview and her reflections on the case will be featured on an episode of 2020, and it aired on February 3rd at 9 p.m. Um, Grover and Nikki, both gymnastics coaches, met and started dating back in 2008. They began living together in 2012 after she became pregnant with her son, who was born later that year. In 2015, she gave birth to her daughter. Uh, She said that after the abuse in her relationship with Grover escalated, she sought support from Sarah Caprioli, a therapist. Caprioli, a licensed mental health counselor who worked with the county's victim, services department at the time said that she alerted police and prosecutors of Nikki's allegations. I also thought that if I could make him happy, it would stop or that things would go back to how they were. Prosecutors contended during the 2019 trial that Nikki could have left her boyfriend instead of resorting to murder and had multiple opportunities to alert the the authorities. They also agreed that Grover was shot in his sleep which they contended mm. countered Nikki's claims that she was in imminent danger when she pulled the trigger. So I guess how she framed it in self-defense, it has to be a certain way, but he was asleep yeah. whenever she killed him. Yeah. So that's where it also gets uh, murky and people will put aside the victim, the victimization that she has and say, well, she still killed him while he was asleep. Um, not cool. A medical examiner testified that there was no way to conclude if Grover was asleep or awake when he was shot. Adamando maintained her self-defense claims and her attorneys presented evidence of abuse, which included her testimony, photos, and reports um, by forensic nurses documenting her abuse, as well as non-consensual pornographic images 
that Nikki claimed had been uploaded to a pornography site without her permission. Mm -hmm. So neither the prosecution nor defense was able to identify who posted those images. It just brought a whole new level of shame, she said, of the images. Nikki shared with ABC News that her incarceration has been hardest on her two children, who she sees weekly during prison visits. Speaking about how she parents from behind bars, Nikki told ABC News that it takes intention and effort, but it would be harder not to. I try to stay involved in their day to day. Those are the little moments that I miss the most. I don't know how I thought that I was protecting them by staying. I really believed that. Her case was one of the first to test a new law in New York called the Domestic Violence Survivors Justice Act. It allows a court more discretion in sentencing crimes involving domestic violence survivors if the abuse was determined to be a significant contributing factor to the defendant's criminal behavior. The judge in the criminal trial ruled uh, ruled that in Nikki's case, uh, it did not fit within the law's criteria. However, an appellate court found otherwise and wrote in their decision that the abuse history was not undetermined. Instead, the defendant established through her lengthy testimony, photographs, and other evidence that Grover repeatedly abused her physically and sexually. While Nikki's sentence was reduced to seven and a half years, the court did not overturn her murder conviction. I felt found finally by them and heard, she said. Chris Grover's family declined to speak to 2020, but his mother, Gail, released a statement calling the appellate court's decision to reduce her sentence a slap in the face. We believe Nikki's accusations of abuse are untrue and maintain Chris was a peaceful, loving partner and father. And this is exactly why she killed him because he has people like that behind him, you know, and who's to say the jury and his, if he were to have been tried, would have thought the same thing. Like, Oh no, you know, maybe three years or something. And Amando expressed remorse to Grover's family for the pain she caused. I wish that I could explain to them how much I share in their hurt, how much I grieve Chris too, and how much I never wanted to cause pain. I know that I've caused so much pain in their lives. She said, Ademondo's supporters have pushed New York Governor Kathy Hochul to grant clemency and release her earlier, but her application remains open. And like I said, she's already out. Um, Ademondo's supporters continue to advocate for not only Nikki, but for other criminalized survivors too. This is not something that's just affecting Nikki. Rachel Hawks, a friend of Nikki and member of the We Stand with Nikki Defense Committee said, this is a pervasive and it's really complex. This is pervasive and is really complex. There's so still so much we're understanding about victims and why it's so difficult to leave an abusive relationship. When asked about the punishment for the crime for which she was convicted, Adamando told ABC News, I'll live with this for the rest of my life, knowing the pain that I've caused so many people playing over and over again, all the things that I did and that I didn't do. I can't, I can't change that now, but I think to move towards healing and turn something positive out of this is the only way to move forward. I desperately feel the weight to empower other survivors before it's too late, before they end up where I am or worse. I just feel that responsibility. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic abuse, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is available 24-7 for confidential support at 1-800-799-SAFE or by visiting their website, thehotline.org. That was nuts. Yeah, it's tough because you can't just say she shouldn't have done that, put her away for life. She took a life, you know, she should serve yeah. Because it's just not that simple and people don't understand. And it's not until, you know, God forbid the person who's being abused is found dead that they're like, wow, she, you know, yes. she did mention it 
times that he was scaring her. Oh, it just, it enrages me that more cannot be done. We've had this discussion before that restraining orders cannot do shit. Mm -hmm. And until a cop finds evidence that your life is in danger, there's nothing they can do to keep that person away from you. Like that is what's so terrifying that, and on top of that, not even to mention the, the grooming of, you know, their mindset of like, well, if you leave me, you're not going to find anything better. Where are you going to go? Who's going to believe you? Oh, evil, just evil. So uh, strength and power to her. And she is out now with her kids. The images are very touching and I'll be posting them. Uh, outside the prison. She's hugging her family. They're crying. They're so grateful. And, you know, Chris Grover, who she shot, his family, I'm sure they're so, like, it was a slap in the face, like she said. Um, But people just aren't accepting. And it brings me back to, like, Chris Watts is a big one, too, that his parents still love him and are like, Shanann wasn't the best, you know, like, person. And I just that whole documentary was What is wrong? I don't understand when, I don't know what it is about men or like boys that are like, I don't know, mama's boy type or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is where they do something wrong and they're like, oh no, you know, he he was so kind. He couldn't yeah. have possibly, well, bitch, he did. Okay. And he deserves to rot. Like, yeah. um, and we haven't even covered that case, but that is just outrageous how he could just act so normal and put those precious girls in that fucking oil tank like are you serious and you're still gonna have his back i mean i understand people love their family but damn at least say he did wrong like i don't get the defense that people have for some of these people i agree (sighs) oh um and then uh i had one more case, but I think I'll go more into depth because that one was on an Unsolved Mysteries episode. So there's way more Ooh. info for that one. But that was recently finally put to rest. Like it came in stages like, OK, the bodies were found years later. Still don't know what the heck happened until recently. Everything is revealed. So now I can fully cover it. Um, but it was in it's in my neck of the woods. So oh. next time around, that's what I was going to cover this week. But then all of this just started happening and I was like, Oh, I need to, let's talk about this because it is kind of, it is tricky. I, it's hard to say, especially if that is your family member that you didn't know the extent of how evil they were. And all of a sudden their partner killed them and you're like, put her away, you know, like this is not okay. Um, but I don't know, like, what do you think? Like what level of like victimization does it take for someone to, snap and people forgive it and be like you know what you had the right to take his life like because that's not necessarily what it is but that's how people take it as oh she just got a slap on the wrist and she's out i mean it's that's very slippery (sighs) slope exactly um and if she didn't have all that evidence you know exactly yeah she would still be in there it's (sighs) i mean all I can say is that it's a very slippery slope and like each case is different. So I feel like it just, it really just depends, but I do believe that there are some women out there that were justified doing Mm -hmm. that shit. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, I don't, and I'm very lucky to not know that feeling of like when he gets out, He's going to find me. You know? Yes. If he does, you know, he makes bail and they call her to let her know 
he made bail, he's going to be out. Like, where does she, what does she yeah, do when she has It kids? was literally either her or him. They were babies. Somebody uh-huh. was going to mm-hmm. end up dead, and it was going to be her if she didn't do it. And that's typically the case. It's so unfortunate that one day, you know, the beating goes too far, and it, it could be labeled accidental manslaughter, whatever, but she had been taking that abuse for years, yes. and just no one knew the extent. Yeah. And they had babies. Just don't understand like, yeah i don't know and she had told her therapist so i wonder like what steps were even in place before this or she just really just made that choice and was like this is it i can't yeah. anymore i can't even risk yeah you know attempting to get away because that is just so scary to like fear for your life and mm. everybody knows that movie enough with oh, jennifer lopez like she tried to get away from his ass too, but she ended up beating the And that motherfucker him. was like fully oh, prepared. He was hiring people, yes. especially when people have money, like to say, like, you know, say you, they're married, like the couple that she's being abused and they're married, but he has all the money. She has nothing. So when she tries to find an attorney, he can afford an even better attorney. Yeah. And guess what? He's going to come after yeah. her. So, mm-hmm. oh, it's just awful. I just wish people weren't. They didn't, I don't know what's, there's, I don't know if there's ever going to be an end to this domestic violence cycle because no, there won't. Uh, luckily there's support, but, and things like this, where she was likely able to get out early um, and be there for her kids while they're still young. Yeah. But um, that's not the case for it, some people. Not. And that's, that's the risk they're willing to take it, which says a lot too, you mm-hmm. know? Oh God. Um, yep. but yeah. That. Those were three cases that just really got under my skin recently that I just wanted to discuss with mm-hmm. you. This is people's lives that's yeah. going on. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to acknowledge the victims of those situations. And, you know, uh, I hope the people who are being identified in those graves, their loved ones are notified ASAP. So they're at least their worries are at least put to rest in terms of he's still out there or let's keep looking. Mm-hmm. Cause that just breaks my heart too, not knowing what happened yeah. to your loved one. And the whole time they're right there, mm-hmm. um, they can be laid to rest. Um, and then another news, just to wrap it up, gypsy Rose. Oh, Lord. She this is what I was hoping wouldn't happen because there's already a split down the middle, a divide of who's making these people famous and Mm -hmm. she should still be in prison and Nick is still in prison and she should still be in prison. Cause that's another case where she was a victim of something, but it's like, let's not make her a celebrity now. I I understand that she's doing lifetime specials. It's so bizarre. And you know what it's, it has to do with our, this right here, this true crime fascination that we have, mm. like we don't mean to make these people famous or romanticize them or ma- or build them up, but it just happens that yeah. way. And people pick a side. People are like, I don't have a problem with it, to be honest, because it's, that's just pop culture. Like there used to be, you know, other kinds of heroes in our eyes. And now celebrities are, are what people see, what people talk yeah. about, what people, uh, so, but and in a way, I kind of am happy for her because before she was in the spotlight for being sick yeah. and 
now she at least gets to show who she mm-hmm. is. And in that way, I am happy for her, but I'm just worried because if she has even a little bit of that gene that DD yes. had of exploited ex- right? and being fine with it. Yeah. Um, because sometimes your subconscious doesn't even know that you're manipulating exactly. people or cameras yes. or businesses or, and then here goes all these true crime fans that are like, yes, queen, mm-hmm. like I'm going to buy whatever you sell. Um, Oh, Lord have mercy. And she got married right away. So I'm already nervous about that. Yes. And people are clowning on her saying that she, that he looks like her mom. He and I'm does. like, can y'all just have some respect? But he does. It's weird. <laughs> the fact that people are making memes of her already. I'm like, can she breathe for a second? She's been out for five yes. minutes. Jeez. Like, as soon as she got out, there was already shit everywhere. Oh, at least she's got some confidence from what I can tell. But yeah. It's like a baby fawn on its little legs, you know? Let her have a second. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to see if what you thought about that because it's already everywhere it is, and people are. It just is pretty crazy. I won't. Up in arms about it. Yeah, it's nuts. And I also am on the fence now that, like, we've talked about that mm. the other day. What if she pulled one over yes. on us? What if she really did manipulate Nick and is like, I'm out, I'm good? It worked. Yeah, I don't know. It's <sighs> weird. And then I and then we see people in the comments talking about my son is autistic, and I would hope that they would have mercy on. But he killed someone and wanted to rape mm-hmm. her. Like, there's clearly something wrong. I don't know necessarily. I'm not like educated enough to know the fairness of their, you know, what happened in their trial. Yeah. Uh, just because she has, you know, the she's in the right state of mind, but she's a victim, so she got the upper hand and she got to testify. Um, but I'm sh- like, I still feel bad that that boy was manipulated into doing that yeah. for her because he was doing it for her. But who's to say he wouldn't like we discussed before? Who's to say he wouldn't have killed somebody else for whatever other reason yeah. he could justify in his mm-hmm. head? Because he justified it. He did not take accountability the way <clears throat> Gypsy did. But at the same time, Gypsy might just know that that's what she was supposed to do or supposed to say. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really tough. I don't. We never know. We never know. Uh, what's really going on inside some of these people's yeah. heads. And that's the scariest part. Um, so good luck to her. And I wonder if she's watched the act yet. Ugh. I think she has. Cool. I think she said maybe. She said Joey know. King did a good job yeah, or something. something. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, the other case I wanted to kind of discuss in terms of like victims killing is the Menendez brothers do. Oh, God. They're still in prison. I started watching it. I've like have rewatched this documentary over and over, but it's like suburban something. And but the thing about them is, as soon as they killed their parents, they were spending money like crazy. And yeah. I was like, all right, that's where you kind of got me on that. Yeah. Like, mm. not that's not to say they weren't, you know, molested by their dad and stuff like that, which is terrible. Um, but in terms of how they were killed, like it was overkill. Mm-hmm. They shot their mom and their dad a bunch of times, like. So there's people that are like, no, they need to stay in prison. Yeah. And I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Like, if that decision was on me, I would not know what to say. Yeah, I wouldn't um, either. Like, it's it's fucking hard. It's hard. Like, Because they claim they're afraid of their dad and everything. Because, I mean, I guess it goes, it goes with the same saying of, like, somebody can be a bad person, but that doesn't mean they should be in prison for the rest of their lives. Like, they spent money like crazy. Okay, that was kind of shitty. Like, you're not supposed to just mm-hmm. take full advantage, mm-hmm. like, now that you're free to do. 
but apparently they were so terrified and, uh, and, and I've brought this up before too, with someone else that Gypsy Rose, Dee Dee, what she had over Gypsy was all the medical records. So if Gypsy were to try, like in her head, she was probably thinking, if I try to say anything, my mom's just going to say I'm incapable of yeah, thinking because my brain is yeah. not developed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so Dee Dee had the medical records against Gypsy, but the Menendez brothers, their dad had all the money in the world to just shut them up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once again, when somebody has an upper hand like that, that's when yeah, you they're like, well, they should just die. Yeah. yeah. They should just die. So I don't have to be afraid mm-hmm. anymore. And that's just so sad. Um, yeah. It's an easy way out or a quick way out, but they have to, in the end, they live with that on their conscience. Yeah. For the rest of their lives, just how, just like how Nikki was talking about it in her case and and her kids, she has to think about that. Like that's the father mm-hmm. of her kids that she. So um, I'm not saying like oh they come away unscathed, they're out, they can live their lives because no, if they're a good person, it does weigh on them for yeah. sure. It's not an easy thing to do to take someone's life, even though yours is being threatened constantly. Terrifying. Yep. Oh, so yeah, um, that was that. It is this year is taking off very quickly. It sure fucking is. um, It sucks that. I mean, I know that we are fascinated by true crime and stuff, but it's like, man, sometimes I'm just like, I wish there wasn't anything bad going on. Yeah, (laughs) like nothing to talk about for Mm -hmm. once. Not to mention, I didn't. I, I meant to talk about this too. So let me pull it up because. I was born here and San Antonio, Texas is always going to be in my heart. Um, that pregnant teen oh, that was shot. You hear yep. about that? Mm-hmm. It was a drug bust gone wrong mm. or something. A drug, drug deal. deal gone wrong. Oh. Um, or it wasn't a, it was like the boyfriend had been mm-hmm. like showing off all the money and the drugs and shit that he had. Oh, and God. The kid and him and his dad. Oh, yeah, Jesus. and then the dad fucking helps him. Like that is so. See what kind of. Uh, so here we go. ABC News again. ABC News go. Dot go. Dot com. Father son face more charges in connection with deaths of pregnant Texas teen boyfriend. Police. The son is being charged with capital murder. Police in San Antonio said. So this article is from January fifth, twenty twenty four. A father and son arrested in connection with the fatal shootings of pregnant teenager Savannah Soto and her boyfriend in Texas now face additional charges, police said Friday. San Antonio police said they arrested Christopher Preciado, 19, and his father Ramon Preciado, 53, on Wednesday, more than a week after the bodies of Soto and her boyfriend Matthew Guerra were found in a car in an apartment complex parking lot. The son was initially charged with capital murder and the father abuse of a corpse, police said. The son now also faces the charge of abuse of a corpse and both face the charge of altering, destroying, or concealing evidence of a human corpse, San Antonio Police Chief William McManus told reporters on Friday. McManus said police also recovered a firearm from their home that is believed to be the murder weapon. Bear County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez told reporters Friday that it is too early to tell whether his office will pursue the death penalty. He said they have 90 days to indict the cases. I anticipate that we will have indictments returned, but we have to wait and let the grand jury make that decision, he said. After that, then we will take it to the next level and make whatever decisions that we need. Soto, 18, and Guerra, 22, were found dead on December 26th 
days after the Texas mom-to-be was scheduled to be induced. Mm-hmm. Both victims had a gunshot wound, police said. Soto's cell phone collected at the scene was a critical piece of information for Officer San Antonio Sergeant Washington Moscoso told news media late Wednesday during a press briefing announcing the arrest. Detectives used her phone to find a possible location of the suspect's vehicle from surveillance video, which police previously released when issuing a call for the public's help, Moscoso said. Uh, Police found the vehicle and the house the vehicle was connected to, and the father answered the door and the authorities interviewed him and his son, the sergeant added. Moscoso said that based on what they said during the interview, there was enough information for police to get a search warrant, which led to the charges Wednesday night. The preciados were walked to waiting police vehicles in front of the media during Wednesday's press briefing. It wasn't immediately clear if either had legal representation. The sergeant told the media it appeared to have been a possible narcotics deal gone bad. The father was not there for the murders, but was called afterward. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He's got to call daddy to help Mm -hmm. him after he did bad. And the parents that love their kids this much, like, y'all need help. Like, I understand you love your kids, but damn. Police initially said an 18-year-old full-term pregnant woman and a 22-year-old man believed to be Soto and her boyfriend were discovered dead in a Kia Optima in San Antonio last Tuesday. An unborn child was also found deceased. Mm. Police said at the time the vehicle had likely been at that location for several days, according to the authorities. In the days following the discovery, the medical examiner identified the victims as Soto and Guerra, police said. Police released footage on December 28th of two persons of interest being sought in connection with the case, one was captured driving the victim's Kia Optima and the other was seen driving the dark-colored pickup truck. Soto was last seen on December 22nd in Leon Valley. According to the Texas Department of Public Safety, the agency ish- issued a clear alert used to help law enforcement locate someone in imminent danger whose disappearance is involuntary for Soto on Monday. The pregnant teen had passed her delivery date, which caused significant concern among her family members after missing an essential medical appointment, the Leon Valley Police Department previously said. That is just so heartbreaking. She was about to have her freaking baby, and this dumbass kid thought this was more important or something, and then has to call his daddy to help him, and his dad is a dumbass and does it. Like, Mm -hmm. what? I hope I never get into that position because I'm talking so big right now, but when kids call their parents and their parents help them instead of turn them in, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. What the it fuck, Shit dude? blows my mind. My mom would be the first to call the police. <laughs> and of all things, like, she's a pregnant teen. Like, you don't have, like, a conscience at yeah. all? Like, what the nope. fuck? So that was sad. I saw that as it was unfolding when they were missing. Yes, I was reading I about them. Too. And then, right? And then the I surveillance comes out of Facebook. the cars and people are like... Yeah, mm. people are like, oh, shit, whose pickup truck is that? Mm-hmm. And then the bodies are found. She missed her appointment. And we're like, damn. Yeah, I saw it on Christmas Must Day. Have been her. Oh, Christmas my Eve. God. I can't imagine what her family is. Like, she's so happy in her pictures. Mm-hmm. She has her little ribbon on her belly. Like, they were they were loved. And, and over some drugs, bro. Like, yeah. are you joking? Some money. Yeah. This gun violence is just too much. Like, they are really thinking this is the end all to everything. It's yeah. like, I'm going to just shoot. I'll show them I was serious, like, with yeah, a gun. Like, are you kidding stupid. me? And then yesterday, I think another teen in Houston was also gunned down, and nobody knows why. Um, so that is still being, let me see, Houston teen. 
in front of a hospital or a school or something. Mm, I don't think I've heard and this woman rushed over and she was praying over him because she knew he wasn't going to mm. make it. Harris County shooting. Um, mm, I think, I mean, there's constantly shootings, which is just yeah. so upsetting. So if I am reading the wrong one, I would not know, but I think this is the one. December 19th, so this was even like last year-ish. An investigation, Harris County, Texas. This is fox26houston.com. An investigation is underway after a teenager was shot to death in a West Harris County neighborhood near a high school. Yeah, this is it. On Tuesday morning, the sheriff's office said the 17-year-old Jake Mason was shot to death in the 5800 block of Brynwood Trails Lane around 10.30 a.m. The teen was shot to death where Brynwood Trails Lane ends behind Cypress Lakes High School, but not on school grounds. Authorities said it wasn't clear if the teen had any connection to the school. According to Gonzalez, Mason was at the location waiting to pick up his girlfriend, who is a student at the school. Officials said Mason was with a group of unidentified males when an altercation occurred and an identified male, unidentified male shot Mason. Authorities say multiple shots were fired. The suspected shooter fled on foot. Authorities said the shooter is described as a black male juvenile wearing all black. After the shooting, Cypher ISD said Cypress Lakes High School, McPhee Elementary School, and Emory Elementary School were placed in secure the building mode, which has since been lifted. The motive behind the shooting is unknown. It's like they, you, they get this adrenaline mm -hmm. or testosterone and they don't even think. They yeah. just pull out their weapon. Yeah. And it's just so fucked up. I don't think I mentioned this on here last time, but... A few weeks back, there was also somebody shot in the head at my mall here in town. Yeah, I think you, or at least you mentioned it to me. Uh, I don't know if we were recording, but yeah, someone was also shot outside of the mall. I don't know if it had to, what the altercation was about, but the girlfriend was on the ground trying to, you know, put pressure on the mm -hmm. wound, but it was on his head. So he passed away. And here with this Houston shooting too, people heard the shots and they came running, but they saw him bleeding out and so they just gathered around him and started praying. Oh my god. It's like children are shooting each other. Like what is going on here? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. But um it's unfortunate. All we can do is learn and just try to stay safe and prevent these kinds of things from happening. Um well as much as we can. And I can't imagine if that girlfriend had been out there too if if she would have also been a right. victim. Cuz he was there to pick her up. I don't know. I don't know where they're getting these guns from. They can just fire them willy-nilly like this in public, in broad daylight. It was 1030 in the freaking mm -hmm. morning. Oh, but yeah, like I said last week, whenever you were r r lifting our spirits with some cool moon discussions, and I was like, well, all that just for me to bring it on down. Bring us back down to this horrific reality that we can mm. Yeah, that's just around us at all times. But um, but yeah, I never say this, but I mean prayers to those families. I can't imagine. I really can't. Um, that baby was going to be born, and mm -hmm. I just can't imagine that. Ugh. So they're gonna they're gonna receive justice. I hope everyone who did did, did wrong does wrong receives justice. That's all we can hope for because we cannot stop what people are gonna do most of the time. Yeah, it's horrible. So yeah, with that being said, uh, I'll sign off. I will link all of these stories in the description. Let us know what you think if you feel like it. If this was not your vibe, too many too many cases, not enough details type situation. I just wanted to make sure to hit all the points. 
uh, for discussion, discussion wise. And if there are any updates, I will update us on these cases. So with that being said, everybody stay safe, hold each other close, make sure you know what your kids are up to. And thank you guys for listening. We'll have to see you next week. So did we give you the creeps?